welcome to the Holistic Baby and Toddler Sleep Podcast. I'm your host, Georgina Winderbank, a qualified naturopath, a holistic sleep consultant, a mother to a little boy, and I have been pregnant four times. At the Holistic Sleep Project and through my membership, The Sleep Collective, I have helped countless families locally and internationally resolve their sleep issues, which affect not just babies and toddlers, but the entire family unit and how smoothly it functions. My approach is unique as it is completely holistic, just like the naturopathic philosophy. Naturopathy and holistic sleep together create a deeper understanding between the philosophy of sleep and its relationship to other crucial parts of child development. In this podcast, you will learn plenty of solutions and gain an abundance of knowledge so you can confidently tackle any sleep challenge that comes your way. These discussions will address child sleep as well as nutrition, emotional well-being, resilience and experiencing family loss and trauma. This is an informative, thought-provoking podcast about pregnancy, parenting and of course sleep. I am so glad you're here as we navigate together one of the toughest jobs in the world and reduce sleep deprivation in the process. Let's get started. Welcome to the Holistic Baby and Toddler Sleep Podcast. Today we are going to talk about one of the biggest nap transitions that you'll go through. It was actually supposed to be a recording with a fantastic guest that I've got coming up, but technological issues have come through and we're going to have to do that in a week or so. So in the meantime, you've got me and I want to talk to you about the three to two nap transition because like any transition when it comes to the development of our little ones or naps or anything in the sleep realm, it can be really tricky to navigate. We are never taught when we leave the hospital about how we're going to go from four or five naps down to three and how we're going to navigate that down to two, how we should put our little ones, transition them into a cot, how we should put them into a bed, a big bed for the smoothest experience. We're never taught all of these elements to sleep and development. So this is where I really love this kind of thing because it's all in the strategy. It's all in the knowledge, which I'm going to teach you some signs today about how to know to when you transfer transition your little one to a different nap series as well as how we can get the smoothest transition because the timing of it is really paramount. So when it comes to three to two nap transition, it usually happens around the six to nine month mark. I would say the average in most babies have transitioned between seven or eight months My little guy was a little bit different and he was on the very early side of six months old. Now, I haven't met another baby in all my work that has transitioned that young. Maybe I was doing something not quite right and didn't know, but I do know that it was incredibly hard for us to achieve that third nap. Now, part of that reason has to do with the timing that we're usually trying to get the third nap. And for us, it meant a lot of motion naps pretty much. I think he did the nap three in the cot, I think two or maybe three times in that entire stretch. So we were always on the go for the motion nap, for the third nap during that time. So that meant it was either in the pram, beautifully, he did that fantastically, or he was on me in a carrier and I was bouncing on the football in the living room with reruns of crime shows playing. So I would have to bounce, and I had a really average carrier. I had a carrier that was a hand-me-down, and it was not very ergonomic and not very supportive to my back. 
but I would have to bounce for a really long time in order to even get that third nap when it was in the age bracket that he should have been having it. So it was really, really hard for us. And you might be in that same bracket, but that is not a reason to just cut it because then you will create all sorts of other problems, predominantly overtiredness. The reason that I cut it, which is now I'm going to go through the signs as to why you might be ready, your little one might be ready to drop that third nap, that is around the resistance to doing that nap, particularly if it's already a motion nap. So if your little one has been doing it in the cot, great, and now they're resisting that and they're either missing it or they're taking a long time to get to sleep and then you're running out of time in your day or they're taking a while to get to sleep and they do do it but it's fairly short, then that would be an indicator, but particularly if it's a motion nap. So if I was seeing signs of resistance in the cot and it wasn't happening, then I would probably move it to a motion nap in order to hang on to it as long as you can because like anything, you do want to stretch absolutely everything out of this process and you do want them to hang on to it as long as you can because you don't want to transition them too early, as I said, or you'll get overtiredness. So if you've had been doing it in the cot and it's been fine but now you're getting resistance, try in a pram or a carrier and see if you can have it carry on for a little bit longer. So when I knew it was time to drop it, he would not even do it in the pram or on me in the carrier. So therefore, that was a really strong indicator to me that it was time to go. The other thing that might be happening for you is that you actually can't fit nap three in and have a reasonable bedtime. So really, you need to be having all your naps completed by 5pm in this age bracket because then you're looking at a bedtime of around 8pm. And I really think 8pm is the latest that I like bedtimes at this age and that last awake time will be three hours. So that really means you need to be start getting, trying to get this nap at 4.30 or so. So if you're finding that you're not getting the nap completed by 5, that might be another indicator. Having said that, As I said in my last point, you really want to make sure that you're stretching everything that you can out of this third nap. So you might find that you're at a point that that third nap is only 15 minutes, and that's absolutely fine. If they're still doing that as a motion nap and you can get 15 minutes, great. Keep that until you start to run out of time in your day for a reasonable bedtime or until you see other signs as well, or these could come in addition. So things like resisting the other naps. So they're resisting the other naps, then they're not getting to sleep for quite a while, your awake time is blowing out, then your nap three time is blowing out, and then your bedtime is blowing out. So all of these things could be happening together. You also might be getting some night waking and possibly some early rising, depending on your particular situation. They need to be, if you're thinking of dropping to two naps or you think your baby might be ready, you want to make sure that you're being able to get them to be held to be awake for two and a half to three hours of awake time on a regular basis. So for whatever reason, if you're lacking consistency or something's happening and you're only doing more like two-hour awake times and you've been thinking about this, this is not the time to do that. You need to be getting two and a half to three hours of awake time consistently. And the other thing to consider too is in terms of fitting in the three naps as I talk about 
also in the category of hanging on to it as long as you possibly can, that third nap, it might mean that you need to wake them slightly earlier in order to do that. So if you've been waking up your little one at 7 or even later at 7.30, then it's fairly unlikely that you're going to fit in that third nap before have, and then have a reasonable bedtime. So you might find as a strategy to maintain that third nap that you actually wake them earlier in the day just as you try and hang on to that third nap. So that might be around waking them at 6.30 or 6 just through this period to hang on to that third nap instead of your usual 7 or 7.30 wake-up time. So I've given you some ideas about some indicators that you may see if you think that your little one might be ready from dropping from three to two naps throughout the day. Now, I really want to give you some tips for how and when to navigate this transition and some tips that should help you make it a little bit smoother. So the first thing, as I've mentioned, but I want to reiterate that it's make sure that your little one is between six and nine months. This actually comes into one of my other points as well. So maybe I'll lump these together. What I find is that parents are really keen to move their little ones onto the next stage, whether it's moving into a big bed. Parents are really keen to do that really early. They're very keen to drop their little ones from two naps to one nap. They're keen to sometimes wean feeding. They're really, really keen to move on very quickly or before their child is ready. So this is where we have to exercise patience. But I think part of that is is the excitability around these things. It's really exciting when you know that your child is moving on to the next step. It's really exciting when you know that your little one is crawling or sitting or rolling they roll for the first time or walk, it's really, really exciting. But I encourage you to hold back and just really ensure that they're ready. The second part to that is that there's a lack of education for parents to understand when these things should happen. They might read certain things or be told certain things or compare yourself to mothers in mothers group. You really want to make sure you're getting your right, the right information from a credible source. So just hold back on that, ensure that they're in a six to nine month age bracket. The second thing you want to be sure about is that your little one's sleep is stable and reliable first. Now, this goes for any transition. Again, often I will find that let's say you're thinking about the sleep is not going very well, you're having lots of night waking and you're a bit sick of it, so you think, oh, I think I'll put my little one into a cot. That might help the situation. That is a really drastic and big transition for our little ones. So that's probably the last thing we want to do because if things are not going well, to then change the sleep space is going to be really, really disruptive to our little ones. Equally, if change is not go, or sleep is not going well and not stable and reliable and you're on a good routine and then you start at childcare, fairly often, a high percentage of the time, sleep will derail even more. So this applies to really anything that your little one is going to go through. You've got to make sure that your sleep is stable. So one of the indicators for this situation would be that they're getting the amount of sleep that they require for this age bracket. So if we're talking about a seven to eight months, which is because that seems to be the average that this happens, those little ones should be having a daily sleep total of three to four hours. Now, if you're not getting that, then that should probably be your first priority. 
rather than cutting naps because you're seeing some of these signs, it would be your priority to try and get three to four hours of day sleep. Now, if you were getting some of the things that I talked about, like night waking or resistance to nap, and you're not getting your sleep total of three to four hours, then I would suggest there is something else going on. There is something else at play and you need to remedy that first before going through a transition. And that applies to many, many situations, as I've indicated a couple. If you're seeing night waking or early rising or resistance to naps, but you're not actually in the sweet spot of having the right amount of sleep, let's say in the in a one nap situation, if you think that your little one is ready to move to that because you're seeing resistance of a one nap and you're seeing resistance at 12 o'clock, then naps at 12 o'clock, you're seeing resistance and you're thinking about transitioning them or making some big dramatic change, I would actually try to lengthen that nap before and getting the sleep totals that they require for that age instead of making a big change. So that is a really important thing. Make sure the sleep is stable, reliable. You're getting regular naps at a similar time each day. You're reaching the sleep totals that are required for that age before you even think about doing any sort of transition. Tip number three is is to make sure that they can handle the amount of awake time that we're requiring. So usually for, if we're talking again about a seven-month-old, I guess we're talking about we're looking, or seven or eight-month-old, we're looking for a two-and-a-half or three hours of awake time regularly. So if they can't handle that, then this isn't the time to start dropping naps. This is not the time because that will then enhance more over overtiredness. Number four, as I said, was about, and this is kind of went in with number one as well, wanting to hang on to these things as long as you can. That goes for two naps as well. We want to really be hanging on to those, even though they get shorter, before we move to the one big long lunchtime nap. The same applies here. We want to make sure that we're hanging on to that third nap at absolutely as long as we can. And that's why I say it might be down to 15 minutes, but if you're getting 15 minutes and you can continue to do that, then do that until that really becomes a lot of resistance to that nap. Number five is around expectation. Please understand that you will have overtiredness during this transition. And that, in fact, goes for any transition. So the two-to-one nap transition is another time that we get a lot of overtiredness. Uh, going into childcare, I would expect a lot of overtiredness because they often don't get the sleep totals that they're used to getting at home because they're in your environment. It's much more stimulating. You can go back and look at the episode about the childcare transition if you're in that pocket of transition to childcare and you want to know more. That's a really detailed episode that I went through then. So like anything, expect overtiredness, but it shouldn't go on and on. It should just be a couple of weeks and then they should be able to move through that and have settled nicely in their new sequence of naps. Number six is that don't push them into this situation or any other situation unless you're seeing really clear signs of that. As I mentioned, parents are really eager to move on or they see one sign or just a minor little sign or, in fact, they might see something change and this happens a lot within my membership, the Sleep Collective. The members in there will see a change in pattern 
and then they'll post a question. But their change in pattern might be just one off day and they're already thinking, oh, my gosh, what do I have to do to change this schedule to get my little one back on track? But I encourage you, I want to see patterns. So most things I'm wanting to see, I would say five to seven days, but even three to seven days, in this instance, probably around five days, I would want to see five to seven days. I'd want to see this resistance to the third nap for a couple of days before changing because children can have off days. We all have off days. We have nights where we don't sleep very well. They definitely have days where they don't sleep very well. There might be something else at play. There might be an illness. They might have an earache, teething, the sign of a regression, separation anxiety. There could be all sorts of things going on. And if we jump the gun too early, then we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot. Number seven is making sure that you understand and imply, employ that this is a transitional process. So transitions weren't necessarily meant to be without bumps along the way. It's a process and it's not going from three to two naps one day and then the next day is 100% perfect. It won't be like that with any transition. Transition is a process. So expect bumpy days and expect it will be a couple of weeks before they settle there nicely. But also really consider how this transition is going to line up with your little one's life. So if they were teething and you were seeing, I mean, you probably see disruptions in sleep with that anyway, but if you were seeing teething and you thought, oh, they're really resisting this nap, you know, you might be not knowing whether they're resisting the nap because they're having trouble sleeping all the transition, but you maybe have seen signs of the three to two nap transition prior. If you can support your little one and continue to get those three naps while teething, that's what I would do until they're over the absolute worst of the teething. Another time might be you're starting to see this process play out, but they're at childcare. So maybe you, try and line it up as best as you can, which will be a bit tricky because they still have to go to childcare, that you might try the first day without the third nap on a weekend, you know, or make sure that there's not a wedding on the day that you're starting or something significant because something significant that's going to throw a spanner in the works and make things even clank, clunkier than it is, is going to make your life hard and it's going to make them even more overtired. So, just see if you're seeing the signs and you've seen the patterns, but something major is coming up, try and hold out a day or two if that's possible. And otherwise, you know, obviously it has to happen when it has to happen. If this is how strongly your child is showing that there's signs to move to this two naps, then it has to be. But if you can find a way for it to be as smooth as possible around life, then that would be great. I guess another point along with that is it's really important that we have them, we're on top of their sleep needs because if we don't know their sleep needs, then how are we ever going to know where the starting point is? And another time this is really relevant is on the two-to-one nap transition. If we don't know when, where our little one is with that and we have a really big window, and I talked about this on the two-to-one nap podcast transition, if we don't know when that nap is supposed to start and we sometimes start at 12 and we sometimes start at 12.30, then how do you know when it's time that they can handle more awake time? How do you know when you need to push that nap later or create or it needs to be shorter? You wouldn't know. So you really want to have some regularity and be understanding of your child's sleep needs and sleep totals throughout the day. 
before any sort of transition. And number eight, as I say to most parents, is around patience. Once you embark on this transition, you're in it, just like the two-to-one nap transition, and you want to be as consistent as you can and you want to push through but understand that it might take a bit of time for those two naps to settle in and for those two naps to be long and refreshing and rejuvenating. So, again, just have realistic expectations and that's where the knowledge and understanding comes in because anything can take a bit of time to settle in. Nothing is instantaneous. Our children are not robots and we need to understand that these things take time. So there you have it, some really fantastic tips and indicators around the third nap transition to two naps. One thing I did want to point out is that you could also have the complication of how your little one goes to sleep. So in the past, you might have been feeding your sleep your little one to sleep beautifully and it might have been working really, really well. They go to sleep really well quickly. They have great naps, long naps, and it's been fantastic. This can be the time, this kind of age bracket, where those things that were working when they were little no longer work. And what I mean by no longer working is it's taking longer and longer to get them to sleep. They wake up soon after and then you're trying to do that again and it's becoming really difficult. And this could go for any way that you've been trying to get your little one to sleep, be it breastfeeding, bottle feeding, rocking, holding, using the car, using the pram, using the carrier, whatever it may be. So when you see nap resistance, which is what I've talked about as an indicator for going to three to two naps, perhaps consider is it actually that? Or is it because the way that I've been getting my little one to sleep isn't working for them anymore? They're not as getting as long a naps as they used to and it's a lot harder. And this is what I mean about needing to know your starting point or needing really stable sleep before then moving on to a transition. You want to make sure that all your foundations are in place, your environment is correct, your awake times are correct, they're going to sleep without hopefully too much assistance or if you are helping and that's working that's fabulous but that your actual resistance to the nap is because they need to go to three to two naps not because how they've been going to sleep isn't working as well as it was before that's just something that I really wanted to indicate as you embark on this three to two nap transition so I hope that's been helpful it's been a fantastic dislet to share these tips and tricks with you. As I said, I love this stage because I love any transition due to the strategy that's behind it. Absolutely reach out if you're in this pocket of time and you're struggling. I would absolutely love to help you in any way that I can. So as we reach the end of this episode, I've got a couple of things for you and a couple of things I would love you to do for me if you can. The first thing is, would you mind sharing this episode with another mama who's got a baby in the three to nine month bracket because they may be about to embark on this and I would love them to have a really smooth transition. That's what I would love for every mother who is in this position. Secondly, can you subscribe to this podcast, the Holistic Baby and Toddler Sleep podcast, so that you don't miss an episode, particularly the two guests that are coming up in the 
couple of next couple of weeks, I really don't want you to miss out. So make sure you hit the subscribe button. And if you can get, leave a review, hopefully a five star review, that would be amazing. I would really appreciate that. Now, for you guys, I just wanted to draw attention to the fact that there's a couple of free downloads that are available on the website. One is around catnapping and one is around early rising. So make the most of the free resources that I have. There are plenty, plenty more in terms of on Instagram with posts and reels and lives and so many offerings that I have. But really make the most of those free downloads grab yours today. Until then, I'll see you next time. Happy sleeping. If you enjoyed this episode, learned something or felt moved by a topic that was discussed, please share it with another parent who you think would enjoy this episode. Also, don't forget to leave a review on the platform where you listen to this podcast so more families can be empowered about their child's sleep. Make sure to follow me on Instagram so you can get more sleep tips that will help you improve your child's sleep today and head to my website if you would like to work one-on-one with me. Until next time, happy sleeping.